This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. And welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and excited for you to be joining me for the return of the Reaction Podcast. We're looking at the Raptors finishing their first game of the eight games prior to the, the bubble playoffs, I should say. And they win 107-92, beating the Lakers quite handily at the end after Kyle Lowry went absolutely ballistic. A lot of very important contributors throughout this game. And yeah, so let's hop into it. The game started out with a pretty handy and useful 13-0 run for the Raptors. I think most easily identified by really great defense from OG Ananobi at the point of attack, really effective in how he was able to corral LeBron into the place of the court where his playmaking certainly wasn't where it wanted to be, and obviously his offense was not where he wanted to be, so he wasn't able to get to the places where he wanted to take his shots from, OG doing a fantastic job, and on the other end of the floor... OG realizing that, hey, he's the guy that the Lakers are trying to take a break on. He's the guy who the Lakers think is the weak link offensively. And obviously, at the end of this game, you look, this guy, he had 23 points. That wasn't the case. Early on, identifying that he can find the cracks in the Lakers' defense. So, as a weak side option, he's hitting threes from the corner. He's attacking closeouts. He had one that was really nice against Anthony Davis. Going to his right, spinning back to his left, finishing over top of him. Great stuff to see. Sneaking along the baseline when Lowry's driving in from the right. He's coming in from the left. Great identification of what's going on on the floor. Finishes 8 of 9, which is an absurd number to shoot from the floor. But hey, it's OG. You know, the sky's the limit. Defensively, we're still looking at Kyle Lowry, Marcus Gasol playing huge roles at the back end of the Raptors defense. Some really tight rotations. Really intelligent rotations, for example, if you're watching the game and you see them double on the strong side and they get the guy to go baseline, the Raptors rotation starts at the baseline and they immediately switch the action at the top. And so this is hard to explain, but basically they know one of the guys who helped to drive the guy baseline, his momentum defending the player with the ball, when that player bails out, the defender has the momentum that takes him clearly into the opposite corner so the Raptors start making the rotation at the top which you don't often see usually rotations are made one away but the Raptors in that particular rotation made a (laughs) they started it three rotations away and the whole team moved as a unit it's hard to express 
how special that is. It's hard to express how impressive that is, but the Raptors, they're doing things like that, and they would not be capable of doing that without guys like Kyle, OG, Pascal, Mark, Fred, really intelligent defenders, and that was they were really great. And so when you're thinking about how they made the Lakers completely change their shot distribution, which is what happened in this game. You have Anthony Davis and <laughs> LeBron James. You know, they have 20 points for LeBron, 14 points for Anthony Davis. After Davis completely annihilated the Clippers, it's it's great to see, and it's a credit to the Raptors' defense. The Lakers' offense did eventually come around a little bit, although in that particular quarter, the first quarter, buoyed by pretty difficult jump shots you have guys like Kuzma who are pulling up going to their right really really hard shots and and well contested too but the Lakers they were eventually going to start creating better looks for themselves and the Raptors are a very very imposing defense it takes a little while if you're not prepared to start reacting to what they're doing and to start you know inputting a game plan that can kind of work around what the Raptors like to do eventually the Lakers got there they got a little bit better at identifying where the Raptors were rotating from, finding that guy. And even though they did start finding that guy, in this game, largely, you look at guys like Danny Green or Markeith Morris, who combined for an 0 for 11 from 3, the Raptors still doing a really good job, even though they're getting open shots, of making them uncomfortable in the rhythm of how they get it, and with the closeouts they're providing to make the shot more difficult. The end of the first quarter and kind of into the second quarter Actually, I would say the majority of the second quarter, the Lakers did a much better job of pressing their size in the half court. The game slowed down to a halt. I know the Raptors ended up scoring over 100, and they did eventually get the pace of the game a little bit higher. But initially, the game was really slow. The Raptors having a lot of trouble moving through the half court. I wrote about this in the preview. This is something that might happen with the Raptors on occasion. That half court offense can dry up, and especially with the Lakers really smart defenders, lots of size, pretty crisp rotations, not Raptors-esque, but pretty crisp rotations. And so the Raptors had quite a long stretch of not being able to create. That's at the end of the first quarter into the second. And this is kind of where Lowry really took the game over. And you could see it just in the Lakers knew that Lowry was going to be, that he meant business by how attack-oriented he was. The Lakers and how they were playing his pick and roll coverage. They're really eager to get over the top, even shading over the top before Lowry makes his move to like initiate the screen, for lack of a better term. When Lowry went to go initiate the screen, the Lakers players were always looking to beat him over the top. So that naturally drives Lowry downhill, which is what the Lakers wanted. They have Anthony Davis at the rim, Javon McGee at the rim. Dwight Howard at the rim and as well as LeBron James who's not so bad and has been especially impressive this year they wanted to drive him downhill what they didn't expect and maybe poor scouting was that Lowry has been exceptional getting to the rim this year and even better so at drawing fouls so in a game like this where they're saying hey Lowry we're gonna push you downhill he ended up taking 15 free throws and making 12 of them and that downhill attack, it kind of got the, the back end of the Lakers defense moving. And so Lowry was able to playmake out of that scenario. So much so that the Lakers kind of abandoned that defensive style against him. They didn't want to scheme him that way anymore. They didn't want to play him that way. So eventually they go back to more of the cookie cutter defense where they're waiting for Lowry to make the move and they're chasing over the top. Think about and dropping low. So think about Milwaukee Bucks type of defense usually, even though Dwight Howard, Javal McGee, Anthony Davis, all 
They don't drop as low as a Brook Lopez, for example, but they're still dropping. Lowry able to get wide and able to create rim runs for his bigs like Serge Ibaka or Marcus Gasol. And so we see that, and that was great. Immediately identified it, found Gasol for a rim run that was initially called a charge, but was overturned, and it was a, a good basket. Just great Kyle Lowry things, things that he picks up that other players a lot of times aren't able to make those types of adjustments on the fly, but going into halftime, down 44-41. That half-court defense from the Lakers was something serious. The Raptors still had to contend with it, and with guys like Norman Powell, and Serge Ibaka, Marcus All, not having the best game shooting from downtown and hardly even looking at those shots, especially Powell didn't really have it going. He was wanting to go to the rim and did, did well in a few scenarios where he had a, a pin down and curled it in, beat Dwight Howard to the glass, got the ball up and in, things like that. But Ibaka, Gasol, not really looking to stretch the floor, which that obviously has to change going forward. That represents the ceiling of the Raptors offense. If those guys are taking and making jumpers, that's an important bit they need to be able to do altogether, combining 0 for 8. And so it's it's quite nice that Fred, Pascal, Kyle, and OG, 3 of 3, 5 of 9, 2 of 4, 3 of 7, really lifting a lot of the weight as far as beyond the arc work. So that was nice to see, but the Raptors definitely had to work out some kinks especially in how they were attacking. Defense looked good. Defense looked great. The Lakers, throughout the whole game, quite honestly, never figured out how to get AD loose, how to get LeBron loose. And that's the thing is that really speaks to how great the Raptors' defense is because you're looking at Anthony Davis, who, while he is a superstar, is also extremely good at inserting himself into the cracks of the opposing defense, finding room for lobs, just making great cuts. He's a smart player, but he was not able to find that room against the Raptors. And especially with the Raptors being such a help-oriented team and being very help-oriented when Anthony Davis had the ball, really good at stymieing a lot of the things that they like to do and building a wall in some sense, kind of how they built the wall for Giannis last year, doing the same thing for LeBron. Just making those two players really uncomfortable trying to make it so that Kyle Kuzma has to create at the end of possessions. Guys like Dion Waiters have to create at the end of possessions and succeeding. And, you know, the second half is kind of just like more Lowry because he came out gangbusters to start the third quarter, led the Raptors into a 10-0 run, helped them kind of get back control of the game. And so that was really nice to see. And it's just like, wow, more Kyle to depend on the Raptors forever have been able to look to him and take away from what he's doing and say okay this is the ethos of Raptors basketball so we kept leading them in that way but the third quarter was definitely a slog and the fourth quarter was really fast they were very very different quarters and so we saw lots of free throws on both ends the third quarter the last six minutes of it took like 40 minutes I think and so the the style of play had changed and both teams were trying to muck it up because they are both defensive-minded teams. So while the Raptors have that cap that they can go to, that they can get to that ceiling of the beautiful game Spurs from 2014, they were playing pretty mucky at some points in that third quarter. 
Although it was, it, it, I should highlight that it was kind of a turning point for Fred Van Vliet, whose defense was really great throughout the game, and he earns his minutes, of course, but we're maybe seeing too much of the ball in his hands as opposed to one of Gasol or Lowry or Pascal, especially against the Lakers, who, similar to Philly last year in the playoffs, they're very large, so Fred passing lanes that might be there against other teams are kind of disappearing it's just harder for him to find those gaps he's having to reset a lot more of the offensive actions the Raptors are suddenly getting three shot clock violations they're always taking end of shot clock shots and so Fred kind of reconnecting with his relocation rapid motion type of offense when he's off ball Really important, and I think greased the wheels for a lot of what we saw in the fourth quarter. So let's get on to the fourth quarter, which I think is the most fun part of the game. It kind of kicked off with Braun taking the lead from the Raptors. The Raptors were up 72-70 to going into the fourth. LeBron comes out with a pair of triples, and crazy enough, OG Ananobi responds with two triples back-to-back as well. Two absolute heavyweights going at it. The Raptors looking OG and saying, save us. The Lakers doing the same with LeBron and urging them both on and supporting them. And so they're meeting at the mountaintop and bashing each other in with their fists. Uh, proverbial, the proverbial fist that comes in the form of the uh, three-pointer, I should say. Gasol, for the, the second or third time in the game, recognized he has a mismatch in the post and was able to abuse it, which I think is a super big deal because Gasol, you know, there's been so much talk about, I had that podcast with Vivek Jacob talking about Gasol and how he's transformed his body, how he's transformed his game, but he will always have to, as a big man, be able to throw your back to the basket and get a baby hook going every once in a while if the defense is going to liberally switch a small onto you and he did that and that kind of informs how the Lakers are switching from then on because they don't want to give up those easy baskets in the post and so the game it started getting down to business and then we saw the Raptors go to it three times in a row it's Siakam screening with the small the small is usually Kyle Lowry and the very first play Siakam rejected the screen the Lakers started freaking out because that's one of the best plays in the NBA this year And well hidden by the Raptors, I've talked about this ad nauseum, and Siakam rejects the screen, heads downhill, takes a bump, gets the finger roll, and end one, and then it was kind of like, okay, I think the Raptors are going to take it from here. They ran the play three times in a row, Pascal kind of bungled the possession because he got a switch onto Caruso, wasn't able to make it work in the post, he tried to post him up, but... I like that. I like Pascal being able to take a small into the post if he's getting the mismatch and the switch on those possessions. So even though it didn't work against Caruso in that in that example, it's still I think it has the potential to keep working for the Raptors. It's one of the greatest aspects of Siakam's game is that versatility. But then OG back cuts for a one-handed dunk. Fred Van Vliet has a catch and shoot three. Lowry pulls up on Kuz for three, just a straight-up ISO, able to dribble around, kind of waste the clock, then pull it up with no regard for human life, cashes it in his face. The next time he comes around a screen, well, a pin down, I should say, Kuz really hard charging for that contest, doesn't want the same thing to happen again, fouls Lowry on the three, that was pretty much it. That was all she wrote, Lowry, he goes to the line for three free throws, Pours those in, does his thing, and the Raptors at that point had just completely jettisoned way too far ahead of the Lakers, and that was pretty much the game. That was how it shook out. The Raptors, 
incredibly impressive at this junction in the season and doing a fantastic job, I might add. The Reggie Evans Award goes to the guy who embodied Reggie Evans the most. Most Raptors fans remember him quite fondly as a hustle player. And wow, is it something to have a point guard and one of the best players on the team, if not the best, embody that type of play. But Lowry taking charges, grabbing 14 rebounds from the <laughs> from the point guard position, 14 boards, willing to go out there and get it no matter what it is, cannonballing into dudes in the lane to draw free throws, just embodying this role player mixed with this genius intellect and the skills of an all-star guard and you just have Kyle Lowry and Kyle Lowry is unequivocally the Reggie Evans award winner. The top quick reaction comment from Luke Warm Water and this one is a bit lengthy so bear with me. Quote, take that la la land. Yeah, all the prognosticators, great great grandchildren of Nostradamus, psychics and the usual carnival of fortune tellers have this Laker team being invincible. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, your defending NBA champion Toronto Raptors, we the North, won both games against the Fakers. Kalo a beast all night, and obviously OG taking his game up to another level. LeBron championships are in the past for you. End quote. Yeah, I have not been super high on the Lakers this year. I think they've definitely earned their status as a top team. But if anybody is going to put the Lakers over the Raptors... I don't really agree. I think they're basically on par with each other. I think there's four big teams. That would be the Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, and Bucks. And I think one of those four will end up taking it. And the dark horse from each conference, I think, is Houston from the West. And then also Philly from the East. Just because of the talent on those two teams. But as far as the Fakers, they're still a good team. The Raptors, this is about the Raptors. The Raptors played well. It's not about the Lakers playing bad. They're both great teams. And the Lakers... Not as good as the Raptors tonight. So that's how I feel about that. But all the credit to the Raptors. Man, I've enjoyed running through this game and doing this with you guys again. Thank you so much for listening. Whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day. The Raptors are the NBA champions and trying to repeat it. And goodbye.